Hello and welcome to the People Who Read People podcast with me, Zachary Elwood. This is a podcast about better understanding other people and better understanding ourselves. You can learn more about it at behavior-podcast.com. A couple years ago, I wrote a piece about Jack Brown. Jack Brown is what I refer to as a behavior bullshitter. One of the many people in the behavior analysis space who are, to put it bluntly, just full of shit. This piece I wrote about Jack Brown is one of the more popular things I've written. I put it on the blog on my PokerTales website, which is at readingpokertales.com, and it's the most viewed page on that site over the last couple years. And this is probably for a couple reasons. For one thing, there's just not that much information about Jack Brown out there. Most of the information about him comes from his website and Twitter. And probably also because there are a lot of people who see Jack Brown making confident proclamations about various behaviors, and they wonder, who the hell is this guy, and search his name online. And so my article comes up for that. Behavior bullshitting seems to be a pretty lucrative field. There are many people in this space, people who rack up a lot of views with their analysis of various videos of interviews, speeches, and interrogations. People seem really hungry for this kind of content. Reading people is an exciting idea, the idea that we can see behind people's attempted deceptions and their ambiguous behaviors and language and see the truth. It's an exciting prospect. And there are some people who really are drawn to the idea of having that secret knowledge. And this ties into some of the drawl of conspiracy theories. Having that secret knowledge can make us feel special, can make us feel like we're in the know and part of a special and elite club. One of the more irresponsible and ridiculous things Jack Brown has done on Twitter is his analysis of some January 6th footage that shows an anonymous person planning pipe bombs the day before the Capitol riot. That person has never been caught. Jack Brown has many times strongly implied that the pipe bomber was likely Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is a popular conspiracy theory in some very online liberal circles. You can find a lot of people who have written about this idea. One article from the website TheIndependent.com was titled Marjorie Taylor Greene Addresses Online Conspiracy Theory Linking Her to January 6th Pipe Bomber. Jack Brown seems to be somewhat smart, and he avoids directly saying that it is her, that he confidently believes it's her, because he probably knows he could get into some trouble for that, theoretically. But he all but says he thinks it's her. Jack Brown will still occasionally talk about his initial analysis from 2021, saying that in regards to the unknown pipe bomber, quote, we all know who's highest on this suspect list, end quote. Brown's analysis of the pipe bomb footage and of Marjorie Taylor Greene's statements about that event is pretty representative for him, just for how irresponsible and overreaching it all is. I'll post some links to his more prominent tweet thread about this on my site if you want to see the whole thing, but I'll talk about a couple things here that he tweeted just so you can get the idea. Brown quote tweets a tweet by Marjorie Taylor Greene where she expressed a view that the pipe bomber isn't being investigated enough. Brown says, in this tweet, Marjorie Taylor Greene is displaying a version of who farted, i.e. when a child or childish person expels flatulence, they believe if they're the one who verbalizes an open question as to its origin, that they will be above suspicion, end quote. This is pretty much what Brown does with all his so-called analysis. It's just childish, basically interpreting whoever he wants to negatively analyze through the worst possible filter. 
Obviously, it's possible for Green or anyone to tweet what they did without being the pipe bomber and without having any guilt. For one thing, Green might think or want to imply that the pipe bomber was not conservative but was actually a far-left person. The point is, we just don't know, and it's absurd to pretend as if her tweet gives us any great insight. In other tweets in that thread, Brown says this, In addition, Marjorie Taylor Greene displayed a classic fear expression during Representative Jim Banks' recent testimony in the very moment he mentioned a bombing event that occurred in the Capitol building in the early 1980s, end quote. This is also textbook Jack Brown, taking the most minor, ambiguous, and common behavior and speaking about it as if it has huge, reliable meaning. That is the bread and butter of behavior bullshit, claiming to find deep meaning in things that simply don't contain any reliable meaning. Or if there is some maybe slightly reliable pattern there, the pattern is so minusculely reliable as to be almost meaningless. Jack Brown is frequently doing stuff like this. It's really hard to even know where to start because there is just so much irresponsible badness. And it really pays off for him. You can find all sorts of people asking for Brown's takes on all sorts of things, and you can find all sorts of people sharing Jack Brown's takes with other people. For example, a Jack Brown fan might be found online telling someone, did you see the evidence that Marjorie Taylor Greene was the January 6th pipe bomber? This behavior expert, Jack Brown, said so. It's very legitimate. Or find someone saying, did you see Jack Brown's behavioral analysis of Bill Gates? It shows why Gates was likely doing bad things with Jeffrey Epstein. It's just also irresponsible and sad. And there are a lot of other people in the behavior analysis space who do this kind of stuff. Some are more responsible than others. Some mainly just make a lot of ambiguous theoretical statements to keep their audiences entertained, to keep them watching. And that focus on light entertainment is much less bad than what Jack Brown is doing. I've talked to quite a few people who actually study behavior and are serious academics in these areas, and they also have a lot of frustration with all these behavior bullshitters. There's frustration at these people being willing to bullshit and exaggerate for clicks and attention, and there's frustration at them lessening people's interest in actual behavior analysis, which is much more nuanced and, as a result, can seem more boring to people, at least when compared to highly confident and dramatic analysis. As you may know if you've followed my work, one of my main claims to fame is my work on poker tells. And the game of poker is obviously such a trivial and unimportant field compared to real-world political and criminal stuff. But still, I see it as so important to speak carefully about behavioral analysis and to not overstate the value of tells, and to draw attention to ambiguity and uncertainty whenever I can. That just seems the right thing to do if one cares at all about one's audience. For this reason, it can be very frustrating to see people speaking about much more important things, things that have the potential to affect people's lives in so cavalier and attention-seeking a way. If you're someone interested in behavior and want to learn more about it, go check out the people I've interviewed for my podcast. I've interviewed some interesting people in various lines of research and professions about all sorts of real-world applications of behavioral analysis. For example, you might like checking out the talk with Tim Levine, who talks about the lack of evidence that behavior analysis can reliably be used for lie detection. Or see the talk with Alan Crowley, who talks about the benefits and challenges of studying behavior. If you're interested in these things, go check out the entry for this episode on my site, behavior-podcast.com, and I'll have some links to those related past episodes there. And now I'm going to read the piece that I wrote about Jack Brown 
I've edited the piece a bit for audio production purposes, and I've thrown a few updates in there as well. Dr. Jack Brown, a so-called behavior expert, is spreading bad information. Dr. Jack Brown claims to be a body language expert. His Twitter is Dr. G. Jack Brown, and his website is bodylanguagesuccess.com. His Twitter bio reads, body language and emotional intelligence expert, speaker, physician, lecturer. As of September 2023, he has 175,000 Twitter followers, and Twitter is where he does most of his analysis. On Twitter, he gets many likes and retweets of his takes, analyzing physical behavior of various leaders and celebrities and suspects from interviews and speeches and such. I'm someone who takes the study of behavior pretty seriously, and I can confidently say Jack Brown is a bullshitter and a bad information spreader. I'd say liar and scammer as well, but you can never really know with these kinds of things whether someone is purposely deceiving others, or maybe has drank the Kool-Aid a bit and is self-deceiving. There are just so many things we could dig into with Jack Brown, as his Twitter feed is a constant stream of bad information and strangely confident statements. But let's start with one of the more easily debunked concepts Brown talks about. The idea that eye movement direction can tell us about deception, truth-telling, and emotion. The eye direction as information idea posits that someone's eyes going to different quadrants, like lower right or upper left, when they're talking, can mean certain things. In a Mythbusters article about this idea, an image shows one face with eyes looking up and to the left, from our point of view. That eye quadrant would represent lying. The other image shows a face with eyes looking up and to our right. That would represent truth-telling. But as you may have guessed by now, this idea has been substantially debunked. Several studies by Richard Wiseman and colleagues found, quote, no significant differences were discovered. Taken together, the results of the three studies failed to support the claims of NLP. End quote. What's NLP, you may be asking? The eye movement as indicator of deception idea got its start in the neurolinguistic programming world, aka NLP. If you don't know about that whole thing, NLP is a pretty shady and scammy world of people who charge a lot of money for their seminars and trainings to teach you supposedly amazing skills, with reading people and gaining rapport being part of that skill set. Some of the more controversial and suspect self-help experts and life coaches got their start in the NLP world. For example, Tony Robbins is an NLP guy. To be clear, there are some good and interesting ideas taught by NLP trainers. Nobody would take their classes if there weren't a few interesting ideas, I think. But this is only because NLP is simply a hodgepodge of a bunch of different ideas thrown together to give the perception that the trainer has some special mastery of the world. If you want to learn more about NLP, the Wikipedia article on this is a pretty good start. And for what it's worth, I know a good amount about NLP because I once worked six months for a fairly well-known NLP trainer named Steve Linder. I mainly took the job because I knew it'd be a strange journey, and I ended up having some pretty interesting stories from that world. Some defenders of the I-quadrant idea, if questioned, would probably say something like, yeah, that's just one study, but I and others have shown that this idea is very powerful. But the simple fact is that it was never a reputable idea to begin with. It was born alongside a bunch of other questionable, arbitrary ideas. So the burden of proof is much more on the people claiming it's true than it is on anybody to disprove it. At the very least, we should demand that anyone who says that these are useful and helpful concepts to be able to point to the experience they've had 
for finding such things to be reliable or meaningful. But you won't find people who share these ideas doing that. Here are a few examples of Jack Brown promoting I-quadrant stuff. He does it pretty often. One tweet of his says, It's important to differentiate between two kinds of guilt. When one feels remorseful, ergo, remorse guilt. And when one knows they are probably going to be caught and suffer consequences, culpability guilt. Both are categorized with glances towards one's right lower quadrant. Another tweet of his says, If we zoom in on William Barr scrutinizing his eyes, overlapping with this moment, we see him looking down to his right. This is the quadrant to which most people look during stressful emotional moments associated with sadness, guilt, and deception. Another tweet of his says, after he finishes his answer regarding Facebook board member Peter Thiel, Zuckerberg looks down to his right, with both his eyes and his head slash neck, the quadrant associated with deception, shame, guilt, and sadness, grief. There are many more of these that I found by searching Twitter for Jack Brown's handle and for words associated with I and left and right and such. Interestingly, Jack Brown references some ideas that I've never seen before in the I-quadrant space. The idea, for example, that a specific quadrant is associated with certain feelings. I searched online about that idea and couldn't find anything, but if you happen to know anything about it, let me know. If I were listening to this episode, these points alone would be sufficient to get a sense of the quality of Jack Brown's analysis and to know that he's spreading bullshit. But that's really just the tip of the iceberg. Even without that, there's just so much bad information, it's hard to know even where to start. Brown's analyses are full of overly confident takes on very ambiguous situations, the kinds of situations any real behavior expert would be loath to express an opinion on without many, many caveats. Because for most real-world spots, there could simply be so many factors. His long threads are the behavioral analysis equivalent of squeezing water from a stone. Not only that, he confidently uses speculative ideas, the I-quadrant ideas being just one of them. He will occasionally preface his statements with things like, of course this isn't conclusive, but it does heavily suggest, because that approach is always a good way for any analyst of high-variance data to defend themselves, and people like Jack Brown know they should occasionally sprinkle that in for defense purposes. It is a legitimate point you can make to remind people that the analysis is not conclusive. But a quick skim of Jack's feed will show you the high number of overly confident and near certain takes he has for so many things. Simply put, you can tell the faux behavior experts from the real experts in this way. The real experts will seldom offer confident opinions about body language, maybe just a handful of thoughts about a video, and they will offer frequent caveats. Basically, the real experts are aware of the complexity of these situations and know they have a duty to not mislead and not exaggerate the reliability of this source of information. Fake experts have given in to the financial or attention-related incentives to highly exaggerate how useful small pieces of information can be and to make people see them as having amazing abilities. If I had to boil down the general high-level problem with the approach of Jack Brown and similar fake behavior experts, it would be their analysis of indicators of anxiety. Anxiety can be present for a number of reasons, whether that's because the person is guilty or lying and hiding something, or because they're nervous because they're doing a high-stakes interview, or because they are just a generally nervous person, or because they have nervous-looking tics and mannerisms even though they're not nervous, or maybe even because they ate some bad food right before they went on camera and are not feeling so great. I could go on, but you get the general idea. 
Much of Jack Brown's work is about drawing attention to these common, ambiguous behaviors that we associate with negative emotions. In a tweet from 2021, Brown includes a couple snapshots of Bill Gates taken from an interview where Gates is talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Brown talks about Gates lifting out of his chair, which he refers to as butt elevations. Here's what Brown says. Gates has two such butt elevations during this 43-second video, one at 8 seconds and another at 27 seconds. He's in a state of anxiety and indeed not in significant fear. As with much of Brown's work, it takes a common behavior and tries to extract a bunch of meaning from it. Do non-guilty people shift in their chairs or have so-called butt elevations? Even if a butt elevation represented nervousness, which isn't at all clear, couldn't Gates be nervous because he hates the idea of people thinking he did bad things with Jeffrey Epstein? All of these speculative ideas wouldn't be so problematic if Jack Brown didn't so often reach confident conclusions with them. But Jack Brown not only tells us theoretically useful things, he also purports to know exactly what's going on in people's heads. This is probably the worst thing about him because giving speculative ideas with occasional caveats is one thing. But think about how much Jack Brown is influencing naive people's opinions with these hugely confident and irresponsible takes. I'll read a few tweets of Jack Brown's here. Here's one from 2020. Summary, Donald Trump is a severe long-term drug abuser. With very high probability, he has developed a hole in his hard palate as a result of ischemic necrosis from cocaine abuse. Another tweet of his. If this were Nazi-occupied Europe during World War II, and you were in hiding and happened to also be Jewish, Mark Zuckerberg would turn you in. He'd disclose your hiding place to the Nazis. Another one of his says, Fact, among other things, the politically conservative mind doesn't clearly think in, nor does it fully grasp, the concept of metaphors. I'll read from a few 2020 tweets he had about Trump. Here's a tweet he had about Trump's people size from 2020. In case you were wondering, Trump was high again during the town hall event in Miami. Update, Donald Trump dilated pupils alert. 15 October 2020, town hall, Miami, Florida, pupils dilated, 6.5 millimeters right eye, 7.0 millimeters left eye diameter. In the images he shares of Trump, it's not clear that we can even tell how big Trump's pupils are. But even assuming Trump's pupils have different dilations, this could be due to many reasons. One article I read talked about how different size pupil dilation is present in up to 30% of the population. It can also be an indicator of various conditions. I didn't research it that much, but I didn't even see drug use mentioned prominently as a cause of this. We could talk about Jack Brown's absurd tweets all day, but hopefully the things I've included here will be sufficient for most people to understand how bad and irresponsible Jack Brown has been. Let's talk about the strategies of fake behavior experts. There are a few things I've noticed in this area, and I think some of these are just general strategies of anyone trying to deceptively gain influence. Behavior expert bullshitters will tend to mainly do analysis of spots where, one, it's a spot where the truth won't be known for a long time. This allows them to go out on a limb with some extravagant speculations without much risk. Bill Gates and his relationship with Epstein is a good example. The nature of these things is that we'll likely never know exactly what happened with them. That is also why conspiracy theories are so popular. They can't be disproved. Behavior bullshitters will also try to do analysis of spots where they're fairly certain that the person is guilty. Chris Watts was a good example of this. Many behavior bullshitters immediately weighed in on his behavior and how it pointed to his guilt because it was pretty obvious that he almost certainly was guilty. 
Whereas if his guilt was less obvious, they'd be less likely to weigh in. Another common strategy that really works for attention-seeking these days is to post a lot of stuff that aligns with people's us-versus-them emotions. For example, Jack Brown regularly posts vitriolic and confident takes about the horrible nature of Trump and other GOP politicians, as shown via his in-depth behavioral analysis. Whether Jack is doing this consciously or not, it's definitely a strategy for gaining influence in highly polarized societies, where us-versus-them behavior is cheered on and encouraged. Bullshitters are also very good at using ambiguous language to cover up their lack of real-world experience. I've dug a bit into Brown's past education and experience, and there's basically nothing there. A lot of the things that bullshitters say about their experience can seem impressive at first, but with a little critical thinking and reading between the lines, you'll usually see how flimsy it really is. For example, on Jack Brown's site, BodyLanguageEQ.com, his About page says vague things like, Dr. Brown has spoken and consulted throughout North America and Europe. And it says this, Dr. Brown works with negotiators, high-end sales professionals, C-level executives, physicians, office holders, law enforcement, politicians, crisis management, attorneys, Hollywood film and TV directors, private clients, and those individuals interested in self-improvement. It also says this, with over 25 years of experience, critically acclaimed and internationally recognized Dr. Brown is one of only two body language experts in North America who is also a physician. What makes someone a body language expert? Does that involve anything other than calling oneself a body language expert? What kind of physician is Jack Brown? He doesn't say. You'd think that'd be a good place to mention that detail, or where he got his degree from. In short, Jack Brown's website doesn't mention any real-world education or experience other than the fact that he has been perceived by some people to be a body language expert. Hopefully you can see why this stuff is so bad. People like Jack Brown are spreading bad information to their audience, and their audience walks away with false ideas that they then spread to others. Think of how many people walked away from watching Brown's Bill Gates analysis, and now we'll spread the word. I saw a very well-known behavior expert say that there were many signs Bill Gates was being deceptive, so he probably was doing creepy things with Epstein. When we talk about the problem with social media and misinformation, Jack Brown is a perfect representation of this. He's also a good representation of social media effects, because I think he'd be noticed by hardly anyone if not for social media. Twitter has allowed him to reach some level of influence and fame, with his overconfident takes and his pandering to his politically similar group. His rise to having that much influence and respect would be much less likely to occur even a few years ago. And it's also interesting from the angle of how social media incentivizes bad behavior. We've seen many examples of how people can be tempted into bad and extreme behavior because it makes them money. The internet makes it easier than ever to immediately indulge our worst instincts when we are tempted by fame and fortune. I should also add that not all behavior experts are like this. Some are reasonable and try their best to communicate nuance. One I could name is Joe Navarro. From what I've seen of Navarro's analysis of real-world situations, he gives a lot of caveats, his stuff is based on good information, and he's quite careful with how he speaks about things. People like Jack Brown, through the audience they've gained, can even start to seem credible to reputable organizations. For example, Jack Brown once appeared on The Anderson Cooper Show. An update that I'm putting in here now I don't think Jack Brown has appeared on much else in the way of legitimate media, from what I've seen. And I think it's likely my own blog post about Jack Brown and his horrible work has prevented him from getting more gigs like this because it comes up so prominently when you search for Jack Brown's name. But we can see in this how bullshitters of all sorts 
can grow to get more mainstream attention and start to seem more credible. They grow a huge audience, which gives them an air of legitimacy, and then more serious and legitimate people and organizations give them more respect, and so on. And the more polarized we are as a society, the more apt we are to give attention and credibility to people who align with our us-versus-them views. Okay, that was the piece I wrote about behavior bullshitter Jack Brown. My name is Zach Elwood, and this has been the People Who Read People podcast. If you enjoyed this, and if you think it's important, please share it with your friends and family. That's the biggest thanks you could give me. If you're interested in behavior analysis, please check out my site, behavior-podcast.com, and look for some compilations of episodes on behavior-related topics on there. Okay, that's it for my rant. Thanks for listening. Music by Small Skies. Small Skies.